For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Football season is upon us, ladies and gentlemen. Fall camps in SEC country are underway. There are quarterback battles being had. They're preparing for massive non-conference games. But today, here on Southeastern 14, what we're going to be talking about is starting in week three and going forward, what game each week is a must-watch SEC matchup between two SEC teams, the last year in the SEC as we know it before Texas and Oklahoma come in. So let's hop into it right here on Southeastern 14. Hello, everyone. I'm Blaine Gilmer. Welcome to Southeastern 14, the place that covers SEC sports daily, whether it's football, basketball, baseball. Like we've even covered some softball, women's basketball. So everything is here on Southeastern 14. And we're going to be talking about those top SEC matchups starting in week three and going forward. Which ones do we think are must-watch TV that you have to watch? And listen, there are a ton of great games every week, but looking at the master schedule over here, these are the ones that we decided on. Tennessee at Florida in week three. This game is going to tell us so much about both of these teams. Uh, high expectations for Tennessee coming off that magical year that they had last year where Josh Heupel really restored a lot of confidence and a lot of excitement about that program. Tennessee is looking to take that next step. Can Joe Milton, uh, can Squirrel White, Ramel Keaton, uh, Brew McCoy all kind of fill the, the shoes of Hendon Hooker, Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman, all these guys that have moved forward. They have some experience on the offensive line, but they'll be going down into the swamp where Billy Napier and company will likely be playing with their backs against the wall. They have a really tough game against Utah at Utah. It's likely that Florida comes into that one one and one on the year, and it's their home SEC opener. Uh, they will have had a home game just a week prior against McNeese State, but then you'll have the Gators looking for an SEC victory to start things off. That would be a huge boost for that program. That would be a huge blow to Tennessee. We'll see how that plays out. Tennessee looked as by many as the more talented team, the team with the best chance to take down Georgia in the East this year. So that is the week three matchup that we believe you must watch. Tennessee likely, even on the road, will likely be a Vegas favorite in that one after most likely having thrashed Virginia, a not very good Virginia team in Nashville. I think Tennessee will expose them early on, so should have some confidence. Both teams, a power five game under their belt coming into that one. So looking forward to that week three matchup. Tennessee at Florida. Week four, get your popcorn ready. Ole Miss at Tuscaloosa, the first time that the Rebels will have 
went back to T-Town since that quote on the sideline by Lane Kiffin there where he had Matt Corral and basically went for it on every fourth down known to man, even in his own territory. So Ole Miss with a chance coming off a, a you know nice year last year to really put a signature win on the board for Lane Kiffin against Nick Saban. Listen, nobody knows each other better uh, than Lane Kiffin and Nick Saban. Of course, everybody knows how well they worked together when he was at Alabama in terms of the scheme that Lane produced. Lane likes to try to get under Nick's skin, but it's almost like a uh, like a nephew-uncle situation or a, or a son-dad situation where they, they, they pick at each other a little bit in the media and stuff like that. But Nick has tremendous respect for Lane, even though they are vastly different in how they go about things. And it makes for a fascinating matchup each time that these two teams match up. It'll be interesting to see who the two quarterbacks for these teams are in week four. Has Jackson Dart held on to that job? Is Spencer Sanders now the quarterback for Ole Miss at that point? Alabama, it's a competition between Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson, and Tyler Buckner. They will have played Middle Tennessee State, Texas, and USF up to that point. Does Nick Saban use that non-conference schedule to kind of figure out who that trigger man's going to be before Ole Miss rolls into Tuscaloosa, Tuscaloosa in week four? I think that that is a matchup that everybody is going to be intrigued to watch. Also, there's Arkansas at LSU that should be fascinating that week, but I think you got to go with Ole Miss at Alabama in week four. Week five. I went with the Deep South's oldest rivalry, Georgia at Auburn. This is going to be whoever Georgia's new quarterback is. I believe it'll be Carson Beck. It'll be his first road start. And that is significant because when you're talking about leaving the friendly confines of Sanford Stadium after they have played uh, two not very high quality opponents in UT Martin and Ball State, and then they they play a South Carolina team that they're vastly more talented than in week three and a UAB team all at home. They get that 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 nice kind of warm up there all at home. Then to go to Jordan Air Stadium where Hugh Freeze is getting that program excited uh, on the recruiting trail uh, inside that building. I think there's a good chance that Auburn is three and one, maybe even four and oh coming into that game. And it could be huge because the Deep South Soldiers rivalry has been played every year for a long, long time. Hence the name Deep South Soldiers rivalry. That's not going to be the case going forward as the SEC changes their scheduling with Texas and Oklahoma coming in. So just from a tradition standpoint, what this game means, it has meant week five, Georgia at Auburn. It's always a unique matchup when Georgia goes over to the Plains. So that is the must-watch matchup for that week. Week six, Alabama at Texas A&M. Yes, the Crimson Tide once again going to Kyle Field over there. Listen, anytime Alabama and Texas A&M play each other, it's appointment television. Last couple of years, A&M just seems to elevate their play. Jimbo really gets that team up for Alabama. Now he has Bobby Petrino at his side to help uh, with some, some offensive genius to sprinkle that in over there to take on the defensive-minded Nick Saban. 
Uh, Nick Saban trying to return Alabama to their roots a little bit, bringing Tommy Reese in on the offensive side to get more of a physicality, a physical mindset, downhill, running the football, play action, things of that nature. Um, now, don't get me wrong, they still have weapons on the outside. Isaiah Bond, you know, Ja'Cory Brooks, all these guys that I think are going to be threats down the field. Jermaine Burton returns. But the issue is who's at quarterback? Um, we know Texas a has their guy in Connor Wegman. And they have a more explosive wide receiving core than I think anybody's given credit for over there with Moose Muhammad, uh, with Anaya Smith, and with Evan Stewart. So it's going to be interesting to see has Alabama's secondary improved to the point where Nick Saban would hope they, they are. Are they more physical on the offensive side on the line of scrimmage? And Texas A&M, do they live up to the talent? Um, at that point in the year, Texas A&M will have played – at home against New Mexico, at Miami, at home against ULM, Auburn at home, Arkansas neutral site. So they'll be coming off that that unique matchup at Jerry's World against the Hogs before they host Alabama. And then they have Tennessee at Tennessee the next week. So that is a critical stretch for Texas A&M. But everybody knows that's a game that Texas A&M circles way in advance and it gets up for. So I'm excited to see Week six, Alabama at Texas A&M. Week seven, we're going to stay with the Aggies as they travel to Tennessee, as we mentioned. That is a big game. So how how banged up will Texas A&M be? That's a physical game, win or lose against Alabama. And now you got to go on the road to Rocky Top, one of the more talented teams Tennessee will have faced to that point. Virginia, Austin P at Florida, UTSA, South Carolina, and then a bye week heading into Texas A&M. So Tennessee definitely has the advantage of their bodies should be more rested with Texas A&M heading in there. Uh, there's the rust versus rest deal when you get into situations like that. So we'll see. Tennessee obviously has that home field advantage, that that crowd that really juices them up. But I'm excited to see Bobby Petrino, Jimbo Fisher, especially if they were to win that Alabama game, go into Neyland Stadium and just kind of see how does that momentum continue? Are they able to show some maturity and get over something, whether it's a win or a loss to Alabama, and then come back and try to play with some consistency against against Tennessee? That's what that Texas A&M program is looking for. And Tennessee, those are the kind of games that, as you're a program that's ascending, that's looking to get to that elite level, that's the games that you really, really – relish hey there's a quality opponent with lots of talent that's going to come in and that's where you say hey this is where we said this this is the standard of this program and Neyland's going to be a hard place to to win in so looking forward to week seven Texas A&M at Tennessee week eight Tennessee at Alabama the rematch uh who's going to be smoking the cigars at the end of the night Tennessee Won this game last year, of course, with a field goal at the end. The, the goalpost went into the river. It was the first time in a long time that Tennessee had taken back control of this rivalry with Alabama. Does this matchup continue every single year? I know they're going to try to do something like that in the SEC going forward, but this is a this is a deal just like Georgia-Auburn. You're not guaranteed – Games like this going forward, I think they'll try to keep that one, uh, but nobody knows past 2024. So, again, all these 
storied rivalries are so important. And I think Josh Heupel and company now have to go in there realizing, hey, you poked the bear, you've beaten Saban. Now, the next time you play, you play them, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. We'll see what, what things happen for you, and that'll show, okay, Joe Milton on the road, that offense on the road, the fans in Tuscaloosa typically uh, sometimes can be a you know wine and cheese type crowd. Uh, Nick Saban has criticized his own fans for not being as uh, as raucous as they need to be at certain times, but I think you'll have no problem getting the people in Tuscaloosa excited for that matchup. So looking forward to the Vols heading to the Crimson Tide on Week Eight, Week Nine. Stay right with Tennessee, man. This this Tennessee game. This stretch of Tennessee plays at home versus Texas A&M, on the road at Alabama, and then on the road against Kentucky. So week nine, Tennessee at Kentucky, back-to-back road games, Alabama at Kentucky. You talk about physicality. Man, that is going to be something there. And this game could mean quite a lot because I think Kentucky will have won a lot of games leading up into this one. Um, and you know, maybe their only loss at that point is to, is to Georgia. It's quite possible. And they have a bye week heading into the Tennessee game at home, Kroger field, Liam Cohen, Devin Leary, that talented wide receiver crew of Dane key, Barry and Brown, Tavian Robinson. They've got Ray Davis at running back that transferred in from Vanderbilt. Mark Stoops rebuilt that offensive line, brought in Marquez Cox and, and Tanner, Bowles on the transfer portal to help the offensive line out. Cortland Ford is over there to to help it tackle from from USC. So there is a lot to be excited about when you talk about Kentucky football in 2023, especially that Liam Cohen coming back. He was just so dynamic in his play calling, really helped Will Levis and Wanda Robinson kind of put Kentucky on the map offensively in 2021 so now let's see can he repeat that success in 2023 we always know what brad white brings on the defensive side of the ball they had to be a little upset about their performance last year against tennessee in knoxville so a kind of a revenge game for kentucky that's just a gauntlet that tennessee will have just gone through a bye week texas a&m at home alabama on the road and then kentucky another physical game so we're going to see Tennessee's depth tested there. We're going to see Tennessee's maturity tested there. We're going to see who is the true challenger to Georgia in the SEC East in that game. Very, very excited for that week nine matchup, Tennessee at Kentucky. Week 10, uh, I don't think you can go anywhere else but LSU at Alabama. That'll probably be where college game day goes. It's the rematch last year. Of course, uh, Bryce Young and Alabama came up just short, uh, you know, Jaden Daniels and company knew they didn't want to give Bryce Young another chance to beat him, so they go for two at home in overtime, hit Mason Taylor right there at the pylon, and Brian Kelly beat Alabama in his first year at home. It's going to be a different environment. You don't have all those liquored-up Cajuns behind you down there in Baton Rouge to help get you over the top in this one. It's going to take tremendous execution. It's going to take tremendous effort because winning at Alabama is not an easy thing to do. And Brian Kelly knows this and he's getting his team prepared for it. This is the first year 
in Brian Kelly's life that I think he can look at his team and say, hey, the expectation is to win a national championship because he has not had that talent at Notre Dame. He's always probably gave it lip service and said, hey, we're, we're – but now he knows he has the talent to be able to do so. Can they execute? Jaden Daniels, I think he'll get better from year one to year two. But Alabama, at this point, we don't know who the quarterback will be for them when it comes to that time of the year. Of course, any of these games late, we don't know what could happen with injuries and things like that. This is really going to come down to who's healthiest – who executes the best when it comes to two teams that are – this game could determine who goes to the SEC championship game. So very excited to see LSU at Alabama week 10. Week 11, let's go Auburn at Arkansas. Could have went Ole Miss at Georgia this week, but I decided to go Auburn at Arkansas because I think this game could be determining who ends up being the number three team in the West. I think Auburn and Arkansas are two teams that are really going to have an exciting year this year. Hugh Freeze year one and Sam Pittman getting Dan Enos back on staff over there. I think they're going to do some good things with KJ Jefferson and Rocket Sanders. I think that Auburn, you know, at this point, we'll know who their weapons are out on the outside. That's a big question for Auburn going into this year. But I think, you know, the saying of styles make fights. And I think the style of both of these teams is going to be physicality, uh, you know, get getting things going in the running game first and then utilizing weapons on the outside through RPO games and thing, things of that nature. Uh, it's a different dynamic if it's Peyton Thorne versus K.J. Jefferson. It's a two different styles of play at quarterback for each team. I think you're going to see a more aggressive Arkansas. T Travis Williams bringing some more man-to-man -man coverage, some more in-your-face style of defense, a little bit more blitzing, things of that nature. So I think Arkansas is going to be quite aggressive. And like I said, that game could be for third place in the SEC West at that point and who knows what happens between those other two teams may want to uh, just buckle up tight as the Auburn Tigers come to Arkansas in week 11. Now in week 12 there it was no contest Georgia at Tennessee I think you know some people believe that both teams could be undefeated. Does Tennessee have one loss out of that gauntlet there in the in that SEC run that they have of Texas A&M, Alabama, Kentucky leading up to that? Heck, they have to play at Missouri the week before Georgia. Georgia will have had to play Ole Miss. So there's landmines along the way for both teams, but everybody's looking at that matchup and saying, hey, that's the one that's going to determine the SEC East winner. That's the one – that's going to really let us know, okay, is Georgia in that spot to repeat as a national champion, a three-peat the first time in the history of modern college football, the first time in overall since the 1930s in Minnesota. Going to be a raucous environment up there in Knoxville, but it's one that you absolutely have to watch. I mean, it's going to be appointment television, Georgia traveling to Knoxville, Listen, that, that crowd is going to be bananas up there. That'll be the biggest. We talked about Carson Beck or whoever the quarterback is at that point being tested on the road at Auburn. That's just a appetizer to what Neyland is going to be. I think Neyland 
Uh, Tate Rattledge, a Georgia player, even said, I think Neyland's the best environment in all the SEC when those when Tennessee is good and when those when that crowd is juiced up. So it's going to be a great environment, and it's going to be something that's what you watch SEC football for is those type of games, two teams that at that point could be at the top ten in the country and really are going to go toe-to-toe there in that mid-November matchup. And then when it comes down to it at the very last week of the season, got to go with the Iron Bowl. Hugh Freeze, like I said, bringing a lot of excitement to that program. I think this is the wrong time to catch Auburn because I think they're going to be a lot better at the end of the season than they are at the beginning of the season. Let Hugh Freeze and his staff have time to develop some of their younger talent, get things going. Uh, of course, it's at Jordan Hare Stadium. We all know, we all know crazy stuff happens there, especially in Iron Bowl games. Super excited to see that one. So, guys, those are our must-watch SEC games week three and onward of just SEC teams. Let us know your comments. Like, subscribe, turn on notifications. We would love to have you subscribe here. It's absolutely free on SEC content here on Southeastern 14. And we're going to be putting out predictions for every single game. Those are already coming up. You can check through the the videos on our channel for that. We have content coming out each day on news, on recruiting, on all that kind of stuff. So make sure that this is your home for daily SEC coverage. We also have podcast version you can catch on Apple podcast spotify anywhere you get your get your audio content as well just search southeastern 14 next year will become southeastern 16 with two more teams added in there but guys for chris lee and blake lovell i'm blaine gilmer this has been a recap and a preview forward of the best sec games in the 2023 season and we'll catch you next time right here on southeastern 14. (laughs) 